Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. The book of First Kings and the 18th chapter. And verse 17, we'll begin reading. You know the story. And it came to pass, when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast, hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal four hundred and fifty, and the prophets of the girls four hundred, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel, and gathered the prophets together unto Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people, and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? <clears throat> if the Lord be God, follow him. And if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I, only remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under and I will dress the other bullock, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose ye one bullock for yourselves, and dress it first, for ye are many. And call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal from morning even unto noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is talking or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey or a pre-adventure. He sleepeth and must be awaked. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after the manner, their manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass. When midday was passed, and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that there was neither voice, nor any to answer, nor any that regarded. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullock in pieces, and laid him on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels with water, and poured on the burnt sacrifice, and on the wood. And he said, Do it the second time, and they did it the second time, and he said, Do it the third time, and they did it the third time. And the water ran about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water, and it came to pass... At the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. 
Then the fire of the Lord fell. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. In every land, among every people, and throughout all of history, there has been an occasion when a demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God and the fire of God was necessary to the world as it was in the days of Elijah the prophet when he withstood to the face on Mount Carmel the prophets of Baal and all which are symbolic of all the false cults and religious formalities that the world knows. Just as the Israelites in the days of Elijah the prophet turned from their God to serve false gods, so have all the people since these days that we're speaking of, from generation unto generation, so have they done the same thing, to turn from the true and living God and to serve the gods of selfishness, pride, medicine, alcohol, drugs, tobacco, science. And if we want to talk about science, we could talk about metaphysics, metaphysical laws that men have esteemed higher than God himself, turning under the arm of flesh and leaning upon the arm of flesh that the arm of flesh would deliver them from sicknesses, from diseases, from calamities, from the troubles that would beset them and surround them. But just as the days of Elijah the prophet, when they called upon Baal, they called upon all in which they believed, there is not one that could hear or answer their prayer. Drugs will never satisfy your need. Alcohol will never satisfy your need. Tobacco will never satisfy your need. Science will never satisfy your need. Knowledge will never satisfy your need. But there is the fire of God that cometh down from above, when imparted unto the spirit of man will satisfy every need and every heart hunger that you have, and satisfy your hungering soul with the very life and the nature of the living and almighty God. And the fire of heaven that comes down will not burn up the sacrifice of the, of the bullock, but will burn up within thine own spirit spiritual death and sin and destroy that selfishness and that pride and that image within us that was placed within us when Adam fell and create within us the righteousness of God and meet every need of humanity, spirit, soul, and body. Metaphysical laws are taking the place of God in the earth. I think it's a crime and I think it's a shame. You say, what is the answer to this great dilemma, this problem that the world faces today? What is the answer? There needs to be true repentance. There needs to be a heart of repentance. True repentance. Just as the Israelites... There on Mount Carmel had a decision to make in their own lives. How long shall ye halt between two opinions? How long will you stand leaning upon these false images and these false gods? How long will you be satisfied with drugs and alcohol and tobacco and science and metaphysical laws that don't do anything except put you in greater bondage and more bondage? than you were in before? 
How long will you halt between these two opinions? Come and serve the living God. If these things are truly God, then serve them. But if God be God, then serve him. So there is a need of true repentance. Yes, for those to come and know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But, beloved, hear my voice. There is a greater need of true repentance from the heart of every born-again, spirit-filled Christian to repent and come to a place of understanding that what is needed in our lives, our daily lives, is not the gods of this world, but the power of the Almighty God. For as in the days of Elijah the prophet, the Israelites, as we could call them, the type of the church of the living God, have turned to serve these false gods, so has the church of today turned to serve these metaphysical laws, these mind, science, religions, humanism, the laws of, uh, of medicine, medical science, to trust their lives to them, to trust their bodies to them, to trust their minds to them, and even some of them to trust their spirits with, with them. But in this day and generation, there is a need of true repentance that the church of the living God repent and realize that this is the time that we have got to turn to the power of the almighty living God. For as the Israelites of old, so has the church today leaned upon a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. We need a true repentance to repent before the Almighty God that we have denied His living power. We have denied the fire of God that hath come down from heaven to burn up the sacrifice, to burn up the wood of this body in this earthen vessel, and to pour out of His Spirit upon all flesh and mankind the glory and the power of his very life and nature. It's time, beloved, in this generation that the power of the Almighty God shall be seen throughout all the earth in greater dimension and greater power than it's ever been seen before because we live in the days, we live in the days even now that the glory of God is, is growing brighter and brighter and shining more and more into that perfect day and the perfect day is speedily approaching us. This is the day. This is the day of the latter rain. This is the day of the unveiling of the glory of God in greater dimension than ever before because the Word is being unveiled like never before. And the glory and the power of the Almighty God is ever present to meet the need of all His people. And we have nobody but to blame except the church of the living God who when at the beginning, in the first outpouring on the day of Pentecost, preached not in the wisdom of men's wisdom, not the words of men's wisdom, did not preach in the wisdom of medical science, did not preach in the wisdom of metaphysical laws, did not preach in, in the wisdom of all this, this world, this ungodly world, but preached in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And the same power that Elijah called down from heaven is the same power that's available under the church of the living God today that we can live by the power of the resurrected Christ in the earth and show that demonstration of that power to this dying world. Oh, I believe it. I believe it, my brothers and sisters. There's a burning inside my spirit, my soul, and my body and a hunger that the power and demonstration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ be displayed in our midst, for we are the church of the living God. But the thing that bothers me is I go back and I read and I listen to some sermons preached along these lines that I'm speaking of this morning. They take a text like this and they try to put us back in that dispensation. They take a text like this and say, see, we've got to get on our knees like Elijah did and we've got to call upon the power of the living God. We've got to call upon fire from heaven to come down and burn up the sacrifice. We've got to call upon this glorious God that he might be with us in our midst and do all these demonstrations and, and signs and wonders in our midst. No, it's not the same. It's not the same. I said it's not the same. We're not Israelites. We're not under the old covenant. We're not under the law. Beloved, I want you to know something. The power of the Almighty God, the fire of God came down from heaven in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
He came into this earth. He walked upon the earth. The power of God lived here on the earth and demonstrated all the glory of God in the earth and all the power and put to shame all the metaphysical laws that exist and are known to mankind today. He stopped the storms. He raised the dead. The power of death could not stop him. Isn't that right? The fire of heaven came down and he walked on the earth and he demonstrated to us the same power and the same glory that was there at Mount Carmel when Elijah stood and called upon the living God and burned up the sacrifice and licked up all the water and showed all these false gods and images that there is a living God in heaven. And you don't have to cut yourself to get in touch with Him. You don't have to bleed to get in touch with Him. All you've got to do is call upon the name of the Lord and thou shalt be saved. Amen? He walked on the earth. He lived upon the earth. He gave His life upon this earth. And then He died for us. He went under the earth. And He showed not only the earth that He showed, but He showed the forces of darkness. He showed His arch enemy, the devil, Satan, and all his cohorts, that the power of the living Christ is greater and more powerful than any demonstration of the false spirits, any demonstration of any cult, any demonstration that Satan could come against and try to imitate the power of the living God, that God the Son was greater and God the Father through His Spirit by the Word is far greater than any demonic force there is alive today. And that wasn't enough. When he was raised up from the dead, glory be to God in all his glory, in all his power, in all his virtue, and went and was seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all men, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men and old men shall see visions and dream dreams, and blessed be God, that same power that was in me shall be displayed in the earth. It's called the kingdom of God coming inside the heart of everyone that would believe on his name. No, we don't have to pray that the power come down. We don't have to pray that the fire come down. We don't have to pray that the Spirit of God come down because He's already come. I said He's already come. He's already come and He's here right now. Glory be to God, He's here. He's inside you and He's inside me. No, there's not a demand today to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and have Him come down from heaven again. He said, but what saith it? The Word is very nigh thee. It's in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the Word of faith that I preach. That if you would just confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, then thou shalt be saved. And the fire and the same glory that burned up the sacrifice and the bullock and licked up all the water, the same power of the Almighty God, the living God, will come and be inside your very own life and very own spirit. The same power. The same power is inside you. I don't have to call upon it. Bless God, it's in me now. I said it's in me right now. It's in you right now. That same glory is in us. No, there's a need of the church of the living God to repent from having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. For we are filled with the powerhouse, the same Jesus that left said, It's expedient that I go, for if I go not away, then the Comforter will not come. And if he not, does not come, then what is it? What good is it that I have come? What good is it that I'm here by myself? I'm only one human being on the earth. But if I go, I will send unto you that same fire. I'll send unto you that same spirit. I'll send unto you the same power. It's the power that's in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can walk on the earth vested in the same authority, vested in the same power, clothed with the same glory, and live your life by faith and demonstrate that same power to all the world. No, there's not a need to call it down from heaven. There's a need to learn how to release it from our spirits. It's already come, beloved. I said it's already come. You present your body, that living sacrifice. Hear my voice. You present your body unto God as that living sacrifice. And I guarantee you that same glory and that same fire of God's Spirit that's inside you will burn up the sacrifice of your body and clothe your body with the very glory and nature of God. God in spirit, God in soul, God in body. And you'll be that shining light. No, there's a need, beloved, in the church today for the body of Christ to learn what they already have in them, to learn how to use what they have in them, to learn how to let that life that's in them flow out of them, for the kingdom of God is already come. 
And we said it's not coming in observation. Neither will you say, lo here, lo there is the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of God is within you and me. Right now. It's in me. There's a need for the church of the living God to get in harmony with the word, the new covenant, to get in line with the teachings of the Apostle Paul by the Spirit of God in his epistles, and to line up spirit, soul, body, and tongue, and manifest the power and the glory of God in your everyday walk and everyday life. There's where the need lies. How long shall we halt between two opinions? Is God in me, or is he not? How long shall I halt between two opinions? Is he my healer, or is he not? How long shall I halt between two opinions? Will he provide my every need, or will he not? If he will, then worship God. If he will heal your body, then let him be your healer. I declare to you today, this morning, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation, unto healing, unto deliverance, unto prosperity, unto anything you need in the earth. I said the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God. It bothers me when I go into full gospel churches and we pray, Lord, send the power. Lord, send the power. Lord, send the power of your spirit. I'm not mocking. Not at all. But could you see Elijah? Could you see him standing there on Mount Carmel? Before all the prophets of Baal? Before all the nation of Israel? And the fire of God came down from heaven and burned up the sacrifice and licked up all the water and they all stood there amazed and confounded wondering what is this thing that we've seen today truly God is alive and living and Elijah stands there and says Lord please send the power Lord please send the power send your spirit send the fire they'd have to grab him by his mantle and start shaking the prophet Elijah and say Elijah didn't you see what happened don't you know that the powers come? Elijah, don't, didn't you see the sacrifice was already burned up? Didn't you know the offering was already made? Didn't you know that God accepted the offering and the sacrifice? Didn't you know he poured out fire from heaven to consume that sacrifice? Didn't you know he set his people free, Elijah? No, but in our circles we sit back service after service after service. Lord, send the power. He says, I've already sent it. Lord, send the power and deliver us. He says, I've already delivered you. Lord, please heal my body. He said, by my stripes you were healed. Lord, provide my every need. He says, I've provided it by Jesus Christ. Can you imagine it? But week after week, service after service after service, after, Lord, please send the power. Lord, please send the power. Bless God, will you declare with me the power has come? Will you agree with me that healing has come? Will you agree with me that Jesus has come? Would you agree with me that Jesus is Lord? Would you agree that He's in you and He's in me right now? Would you agree that greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world? Would you agree with me the kingdom of God is within us? Would you agree that it was His will and pleasure to give us the kingdom? Would you agree then right now we can preach the gospel in demonstration of the Spirit and of the same power that our faith would not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of the living God. Glory to God. There's where the need lies. And that's why these two mes messages have met together. I said, Lord, when shall I preach? I'm not, pre I'm not started yet. Lord, when should I preach it? In the faith message or in the kingdom message, he said, you put it together. You put them both together and just preach it. Now hear me. We said in these two series that without faith you can't please God. We said that without the gospel being mixed with faith, it was to no avail. It profited them nothing. Right? We said that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the what? The power of God. But without faith, the gospel will not profit you. Right? Isn't that what we taught and said? 
Didn't we say that the way the kingdom of God operates is in the heart and out of the mouth of man? Isn't that what the Word teaches us? If the kingdom of God is with inside me, if God has deposited, you talk about depositing some fire and glory on a burning sacrifice, well, glory be to God, I want to share with you something. One day when I got on my knees and you got on your knees before the Almighty God, you by the words of your mouth said, Lord, I come and give my life to you. I offer it up to you. It's all yours. I dedicate and consecrate myself to you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. I believe He was raised from the dead for my justification. And now by the words of my mouth and by the confession of my heart and lips, I'm asking you to deposit the kingdom and the glory of God inside me. I will be a vessel of honor. I will live on the earth and be a vessel that will demonstrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ in demonstration of the Spirit and power. And the same glory that came down on Mount Carmel is the same glory that was deposited inside your heart. The same glory of the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ came unto you. And just sick, the sickness and disease and sin and all things that were defiled was taken out of you. And your spirit man became a vessel, became a temple of the living God. And God himself came and is living inside you right now. Right? How did the kingdom come? You believed in your heart. You confessed with your mouth. And he came. Then where is the kingdom now? It's in you. It's in me. Why do you think we can say, Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world? Why do you think we can say it? Because it's true. He has deposited it into your spirit. But he says to us, sons and daughters, seek ye that kingdom. Search it out with all your heart. Search for it as for silver. Search for it as for hid treasures and fine gold. Search out the operation of that kingdom and his righteousness and all other things will be added unto you. And so here we are. In this dispensation we have become a people that have deposited with inside us the very life, the very nature, the very kingdom of the almighty and living God. But blessed be God, nobody's teaching us how to use it. Nobody's been teaching the church how to walk in it, how to manifest it. Oh, they began in early, the early church, but how quick Satan and all his devices blinded the minds of them. And through the dark ages, they learn to become very religious and very formal. God will heal you if he wants to. They were blinded to the truth. No, there's a need of true repentance, my brothers and my sisters. For we have within us the same fire. We have within us the same glory. We have within us the very power deposited in our earthen vessels. Are you receiving those words? Do you hear what the scripture saith? What? Know ye not that you are the temple of the living God? Paraphrase. And the same glory that part of the Red Sea, and the same glory in the burning bush. And the same fire that burned up the sacrifice out of heaven. And the same fire that destroyed those men that tried to take Elijah and kill him. The same glory that was appeared there in the burning fire furnace with the three Hebrew children. The same glory, the same power that could only be seen among men. The same power that was only there, the Shekinah glory in the temple of God and in the holies of holies. The same glory, the same power is no longer in these earth made holies of holies, but that same glory and power is in you. That's what he said. That's what he meant when he said, Ye are the temple and you are the holy of holies inside. Oh, there's a need, my brothers and my sisters, for us to learn how to walk in the light of it. Walk in it. Turn with me to Mark 4. Oh, yes, Father, thank you. 
So few have touched this area of life. So few of us have dared to believe beyond the natural senses and to move off into the realm of the Spirit and allow the Word of God to live in our hearts that we could walk in this world of darkness and demonstrate the power of the resurrection of Jesus. Because I don't believe like you believe, brother. I don't believe in this confession business. I don't believe in this. God wants to hear you all the time. I don't believe that God wants to meet your every need. Oh, I don't believe you've got to watch your words. You know what the message would be from Jesus Christ to the church right now? You know what it would be? Why don't you believe? Why don't you believe? Oh, whenever, and whenever I hear the words come out of my mouth, I don't believe. Stop right there and listen to what the next words are. I don't believe. Stop right there. I don't believe in this being filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues. You should have stopped that I don't believe and evaluated what you were about to say. I don't believe that God wants to heal everybody. Jesus said all things are possible to him that believeth. I don't believe in this confession business. Jesus said it's not possible to you then. He said it's only possible to them that believe it. Isn't that right? Well, I don't believe it. Well, you don't believe then. Don't believe then. Bless God, I believe in it. I believe in God's Word in my heart. All my lips will produce that same glory and power in me. Are you hearing me? In Mark 4, Jesus told us how the kingdom works, how the kingdom operates. Here he says in verse 26, So is the kingdom of God. Now notice, if Jesus said, so is the kingdom of God, then so is it. As if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring up and grow up, and he knoweth not how, but the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth immediately, he put it in a sickle, because the harvest has come. That was how the kingdom operates. Jesus said it that the man would cast seed into the heart or to the ground of his, his own heart, his human spirit. And in our last teaching along the lines of the kingdom, we said that that speaking word, speaking God's word, speaking the seed of God's word into your own heart. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. What kind of fruit do you want to bring forth, life or death? You follow me? All right, now listen. In our faith class teachings, we said... In Mark eleven twenty three, that faith works along these lines. And without faith, there is no power. Without faith, the gospel will not bring forth its power. Jesus, uh, the words already declared that, right? In Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus said that you can say to that mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. If you don't doubt in your heart, that's where the kingdom operates. That's where the kingdom is at. That's where the kingdom works. If you don't doubt in your heart, you can speak to that mountain and tell it to be removed and cast into the sea. And if you wouldn't doubt, but believe that those words that's coming out of your lips will come to pass, you will have whatsoever you say it. Is that what he said? In other words, we're now talking about confession. Right? What is this business about confession? What are the true teachings of confession or speaking God's word that we hear sometimes by the wayside? I had one minister say to me, you don't believe in that confession business, do you? Stay away from it. Well, you better find out what confession you're talking about because if you're talking about the same confession I'm talking about, you're not saved. You're not saved. There are four confessions that we read in the New Testament that we, we should be only familiar with three. We only walk in the light of three, but there's four. We'll just mention the first one. We won't talk about it. The first confession there is the confession of the Jew. Confession of his sins under the Old Covenant. Remember when John was baptizing in the River Jordan? They came to him confessing their sins. Remember that? How many remember that? Well, that's not Christian water baptism. That's not confession unto salvation. That was only the Jew under the Old Covenant confessing their sins. Confessing their sins. So that's one confession 
that we need not be concerned about in the New Testament because it doesn't pertain to us. But there's another confession, and it's found in the book of Romans. You don't have to turn to it. The 10th chapter. And it's called Confessing Jesus as Lord. Confession of Jesus as Lord. Or your confession of His Lordship. This is called the sinner's confession unto eternal life. How many of you will agree with me that it's in the Bible? You agree with me? Will you agree with me that Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart men believe and with the mouth confession is made unto the greatest miracle. The greatest unveiling of the power of God, the glory of God burning out that old nature and recreating a righteous nature. You agree with me that's in the Bible? That's confession unto salvation. Then again, we have the confession of the believer. The believer confesses his sins, his shortcomings. When after he is born again, he is out of fellowship with God, he has to confess his sins and his shortcomings to restore himself in fellowship with God. Is that in the Bible? That if thou shalt confess thy sins, confess them, confess them, I'm faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Is that what he said? Is confession in the Bible then? Must we confess our sins to receive forgiveness? You must. But the fourth confession, which we need to study and talk about, is the confession of your faith. You write it down. The confession of your faith. The confession of your faith. Confession of your faith. There are different phases of the confession of our faith. Primarily, the confession of your faith is to promote spiritual growth. In our parable here, we find out that from the time of the seed is planted until the time of harvest, there is what is called a growing period. And in that growing period, Jesus said he was to rise night and day. Day and night. Night and day, day and night. What were we to do, to do night and day, day and night? Well, as you read throughout all the other scriptures and compare, you find out that he said, Thou shalt meditate in my word day and night. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And in Psalm 1, his, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. This is the first act of confession. Confession of your faith. Confessing God's word brings faith. Confessing God's word brings faith. You shall have whatsoever he saith. What you say is what you get. Confession of your faith. Confession of God's word brings faith. Confession of God's word renews your mind. Just write these down. Renews your mind. Confession of God's word changes your heart. Changes your heart. There's not a word that goes out of your mouth that does not affect your human spirit. The words that you speak will affect your human spirit. My human spirit got affected when I confessed Jesus as Lord. Did yours? Then there's another one. The confession of your faith sets goals. It produces a self-image. The confession of your faith sets goals and produces a self-image. As you speak God's word and confess God's word, it produces within you the image of Christ. If you're speaking and confessing the proper word. The confession of God's word puts God's law of faith into motion. The law of faith is put into motion. The law of faith is if thou shalt believe in thine heart and confess with thy mouth. Thou not in thy heart, but shalt believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. What will he have? Whatsoever he saith. The confession of God's word also puts the law of faith into motion. The confession of God's word will control your body. Proper confession of God's word will control your body. Remember James, the third chapter? If any man offend not a word, the same as a perfect man, enabled to bridle the whole body. Speaking words or confessing words will control your body. It will perfect you. 
speaking the truth in love, growing up into Him in all things. You'll, it'll cause you to do what? To grow up into Him. From the time of the seed is planted of eternal life into the time of reaping of the harvest, there must be day and night continual meditation and confession of God's Word so that the kingdom that's been deposited inside your heart will bring faith, renew your mind, set goals in your life, set up a self-image of your own life, and consequently it'll cause the law of faith to be in motion on your behalf, It'll perfect you. It'll cause you to grow up. There is that growing period until the time of harvest when you become taken home. That's what Jesus was saying here. But there is a time to bear your fruit. He shall bear fruit in his season. And it's not bearing fruit of the laws of the natural. It's not bearing fruit of metaphysical laws. It's not bearing fruit of teaching somebody how to do things in the natural. It's bearing the fruit of eternal life. It's bearing the fruit of demonstrating the power of the resurrection of Christ in the earth. It's bearing the fruit of prayer life. It's bearing the fruit of the name of Jesus. It's bearing the fruit of the Spirit. It's walking in demonstration of its power. Now, I've seen you right now. How many of you here are born again? That kingdom, that power... That glory that we've talked about already is in you right now. It's wanting to be released. But it takes development. It takes building, growing. And then finally, after the growth comes, there is a time of harvest. There is a time of reaping. There is a time of fruit bearing. There is a time that each individual begins to manifest that same glory and that same power in his life. This is what he wants us to do. This is where the cry is in the church today. Let's look at, first of all, well, I won't have time to get into all this. So let's just take a look at our confession of our faith. The confession of our faith. I may go in greater depth tonight. I don't know. But right now, I want you to grab a hold of these five things. There is, number one, the confession under the confession of your faith, what He has done for me, what He has done for me in His great plan of redemption. What He has done for me in His great plan of redemption. Number two, what He has done in me. What He has done in me. What He has done in me in the new birth and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Number three. What I am to the Father. What I am to the Father. What I am to the Father. Think about what you are to the Father and produce a self-image inside your own spirit. Just what you are what Jesus has made you under the Father. Number four, what is Jesus doing for me at the Father's right hand? What Jesus is doing for me, or what is Jesus doing, whatever, what Jesus is doing for me at the Father's right hand right now. And fifth, what God can do through me what God can do through me with His Word or by His Spirit with His Word in my heart and on my lips. Now you have those written down. That's your outline. Those are the five areas that we should be day and night confessing our faith, day in and day out, meditating. This is the growing period. The kingdom of God has been deposited into your heart. It's in there right now. This is the area of confession that most believers leave out, meditating and confessing day in and day out what the Father has done for me in His great plan of redemption. An example, what has He done for you in the great plan of redemption? Well, He has delivered me from the power of darkness. 
He has translated me into the kingdom of the Son of His love. It means that He has taken me out of the control and out of the dominion of all the demonic forces, all the evil spirits, all of Satan and all his cohorts. He has taken you. He has taken me. He has lifted us up out of that authority, out of that rule, out of that dominion, and says no longer are you bound by these satanic forces. Satan should be to you under your feet. He said to them of old, I have given you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We shouldn't be confessing what the devil's doing in our lives. Well, the devil's after me to do this and that. Bless God, that's not a confession of God's word. Every time you confess that the devil's on your case, that's affecting your human spirit. The more you confess it, the more you possess it. Write this down if you don't know it. Confession is the expression of your faith. Confession is the expression of your faith. In other words, what I continually confess, I continually possess. Continually. I didn't leave the word continually out. I said what I continually confess, I continually possess. Someone said to me, you know, brother, I used to walk in health. I used to walk in divine healing. I just used to pray and I always got healed. And, you know, all of a sudden, I don't know what's going on, but for some reason it seems as though I just can't seem to get my healing anymore. For some reason it seems as though I just can't, you know, walk in divine health any longer. It seems like as though to me I just can't seem to find out how to get my healing. It seems like to me every time I turn around I've got demonic forces on my back. It seems like this and it seems like that. What happened to this person? Somewhere along the line, he yielded to one of the temptations of the devil, one of the tricks of the devil, and he began to side in with the, de with the devil, and he began to confess the very thing that he, he did not want out of his uh, own heart, his own person. What happened? What you continually confess, you continually possess. I have confessed nothing but this since I've been born again. As far as I'm concerned, Satan, all his powers, all his cohorts, all his demonic forces, all his demonic influences, every single one of them, as far as I am concerned, they are under my feet. And in the name of Jesus, I have power and authority over every single one of them. They have no power over my life. They'll never have power over my life. I am delivered from their control. I am delivered from their dominion. I am delivered from all darkness. I'm in the kingdom of light. And as far as I'm concerned, they're defeated. He's whipped. He's paralyzed. He's destroyed. They have no power over my life at all. But yet you got others that all they ever talk about is all these influences that have come against them. And always having trouble with them. What you continually confess, you continually possess. And if you continually po c confess their dominion, their presence, their power over your life, over your loved one's lives, over anybody's life, you continually give them license so they can go ahead and just do that damage in their life. Why? Because thus is the kingdom of God. Why do you think that he told us you are to hold fast the confession of your what? Of your what? See, not just of the fact that you're born again, not just of the fact that, you know, we have been uh, just born again to the family of God or the kingdom of God, not just that type of confession. Not just that most people think of the confession of their sins when they talk about confession. No, hold fast the confession of your faith, of the fact that you have been delivered from Satan. Delivered from his authority. Delivered from death. Every believer should confess daily. Bless God, I am delivered from death and my pathway is life and there is no death. He's given his angels charge over me. They keep me in all my ways. Bless God, in my pathway is life. That's the way they keep me in. They keep me in the way of righteousness. They keep me in the way of truth. They keep me in the way of his reality in my life. I'm delivered from those powers. That's one. As I said, I'm not going to preach this till tonight. I'll talk about it now. What has he done in me in the new birth? That's just one of them. What has he done in me in the new birth? What has he done in me? Has he made me some lonely beggar on the side of the road? I just got to walk by and say, Lord, just please pass a few of the crumbs. We talk about the woman, the Syrophoenician woman that came by the side of Jesus and tried to get help from the Master. And the only thing people preach from that story is, you know... All she wanted was the crumbs. What a humble woman, etc., etc., etc. 
One of these days, if you just sit by the roadside, maybe Jesus will come your way. And if you just sit there like a lonely beggar and just ask for the crumbs, bless God, you might get a crumb here or there. But listen to me. Let's not live under that woman's covenant. That woman lived under the old covenant. Let's live under the new covenant. The children's bread wasn't crumbs. It was the whole loaf. The whole loaf meant everything was theirs. The kingdom was theirs if they wanted it. Jesus said to them, Many shall come from the east and the west and the north and the south and sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but you shall be cast in the outer darkness. Or, bless God, I'm not in outer darkness. I come out of the outer darkness. I'm in the kingdom of light. Are you? I don't have to settle for that woman's crumb. She had rights. She knew her rights. As a, as a dog, she knew the rights of a dog was to lick up the crumbs. Well, bless God, I'm not licking up their crumbs, her crumbs, or anybody else's crumbs. I am a child of God, and Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He said, it's my pleasure to give you the bread of life, and the bread of life is in me, and all the loaf is in me. How about you? Isn't that what he said? So what is my confession? I am born of God. I am recreated in my spirit. I have the life, the nature of the Almighty and the living God inside me. And bless God, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I've been made more than a conqueror through him that loves me. I'm a recreated being and all things have passed away. All things have become new in my life. I'm trained to His glorious image and likeness. I have the fruit of His Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, meekness, temperance, and faith. I walk in the light of His Word. He enlarges my capacity to receive revelation and knowledge of all things that pertain to life and to Godness. That's inside my spirit. That's what I confess about me. That's what He's done in me. And if I got going, I'd tell you all about it. That's what He's done inside me. No, I'm not walking around saying, well, you know, I'm just a work, you know, weak, beggarly worm in the dust. Don't have any strength. Don't have any power. I don't know what I'm going to do. And that's all people's praying for. Just send, if God would just send the power. They blame God. If God would just send the power, we could have revival. Do you know how many powerhouses are here? Do you know how many lights of the glory of God that's in this place? Do you know how many bullocks we could burn in this place if the glory of God that's in us was unveiled in demonstration of power? Do you know how much? You say, why are you getting so hot? I'll tell you why I'm getting so tough on this. What you hear affects your spirit. I was so fanatical about confessing God's word and not saying anything. And you start hanging around some people, not hanging around, but you start hearing everybody talk about this and talk about that. And before you know it, you guys, you find out yourself, you know, you've kind of slacked off on your confession. You kind of slacked off on your speaking God's word boldly. You used to stand up to sickness and disease and speak boldly and proclaim it every single day. But it got to be a routine. You got to be a little bit tired of doing it. Oh, but bless God. I said no more. No, I don't care how fanatical you call me. I don't care what you think I'm like. It doesn't matter to me. It is not worth all the silver and all the gold and all the acclamations that this world can give a fella or anybody else to stand before them and say, look, this fella here is this kind of a preacher. Blessed be God. I don't want to be known as some, some kind of a preacher that compromised the Word of God. I want to be known as somebody that stood upon the Word of God until the end. I want to be somebody that tell you that unless you get your heart and your mouth right with God, God cannot unveil His power to you. But I'll tell you this, if you'll learn how to put this law in operation, if you'll get the Word of God inside your heart and get the Word of God inside your mouth and bite your tongue and keep your mouth shut and speak only God's Word, I guarantee you, you will become a powerhouse for God. You will become an individual, a vessel of honor on the earth. And when you speak, people will listen. And when you speak, mountains will move. And when you speak, sickness and disease will leave your body and leave your kid's body. And when you speak, your needs will be met. Another thing that confession does, and I don't want to, I don't want to forget this, and I, I slipped over it. Another thing confession does, it gets the angels of God on your path. It gets the angels of God loosed and ministering for you when you speak God's Word. He says, Come unto me, children, I'll teach you. Hearken unto me, I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. You keep your mouth and tongue from evil in your lips and speaking guile. And the angel of the Lord will stand by your side to see to it that what you are saying will come to pass. Isn't that what he said? So listen to me. That's what he's done in you. Like I said, I'm not going to go and preach these. I'm just going to talk about it. Then we'll preach them tonight. So be here tonight. We'll preach about it tonight. The next one is what I am to the Father. What I am to the Father. Oh, when I think about this one, I don't know where to begin. You know what I am to the Father? 
I'm his son. You are his sons and daughters. I am his temple. He lives in me. I am the joy and the rejoicing of his father heart who has called me under his fellowship. I am his accepted one in the beloved. I am his bought and paid for one by the blood of Jesus Christ his son. I am his king and priest and ambassador in the earth. I am a new creation, recreated in the image of the person of Jesus Christ and daily being changed from glory to glory to the image of the almighty God. You know what I am to the Father? An heir. I am the delight of his heart. That's what I am to the Father. I am the one that he was pleased with to give the kingdom to. I am the one that he has entrusted his glory and power to. I am his ambassador in the earth to herald the good news of this gospel. I contain that glory and power in me. And if we talked about that, we'd be here forever. And the last one, your confession. Your confession. What God can do through you by his spirit with the word in your heart and on your lips. You know what he can do through you? Do you know what he can do through you? Do you know what he did through Elijah? And Elijah did not have the born-again experience. He didn't have the life and the nature of God. He did not have the powerhouse inside him. He had to call it down from heaven. But when Jesus came on the earth, he didn't call down fire from heaven. He spoke to the sea and said, be still. He spoke to the wind and said, stop, and it stopped. He spoke to Lazarus out of, out of hell, and when he spoke, out of paradise. And when he spoke, his, his spirit came out of paradise. It went back into his body. His body was healed and delivered from that sickness and disease that killed his life. It raised him up off that deathbed, and he came to the, 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 the side of the tomb there and stood before them. Death could not hold back the words of the Master. What God the Father did through God the Son, God the Father is able to, to do through any son and any daughter of his today. For Jesus said before his love, greater works shall you do than these that I have done, because I'm going to my Father. Uh, the works that I do shall ye do also, and greater works shall you do. That's what he can do through you. He can get those that are lit, lying in darkness, those that are on their way going to hell, those that have been bound up by demonic forces, those who are under control of Satan's power, those that are on their way to destruction. He can get them, and he said, if you'll just preach the gospel, then through you they can be delivered, they can be set free. That's what he said he can do through you. He said, through you I'll speak with new tongues. He said, through you you'll heal the sick. You'll raise the dead. He said, through your life, he said, you'll lay your hands upon the sick ones and they shall cover. He said, through you I'll cast out devils and demons. If you'll just put my word in your heart and on your lips. Here's the need. Here's the need to understand how to use the power. Do you see why, beloved, there's not many walking and operating in this? Because that glory and that same power that was there on Mount Carmel when Elijah stood there before the Almighty God and all the false prophets, that same power, that same glory is inside you. And it's only going to be used. It's only going to be unveiled. It's only going to be demonstrated through your life as you line up to the law of faith. As you line up to the laws that apply to the kingdom. As you yield yourself and your life as a sacrifice Holy, acceptable unto God. Renew your mind by the word of God and give him your tongue that you may speak his word only. Then bless God, you will become that powerhouse. You will become that source of power in the earth. Now, you ready for this? I have seen it in demonstration in my life, my personal life, in such a way that it's awesome. And my natural carnal mind wants to just sit there in awe and say, Phew. And then you get to a place to where the natural mind starts to think, is this really real? Is this possible? But right away you've got to shut that mind up. You've got to shut up that carnal mind because that carnal mind is enmity against God. And you've got to go back to the Word and say, that's right, it's possible. What I believe in my heart and what I speak with my mouth has authority in heaven and earth and under the earth when I use the name of Jesus. All that power, all that authority is at your disposal. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? I'll close by saying this. What are we going to do with the power that he's given us? 
We have no need of more power. We have the need of using the power that we have. Do you see what I'm saying? Are you following me? We don't need to pray down the power, beloved. I'm not trying to put down your teaching or anybody else's teaching. You have the power. You have the powerhouse in you now. Use the power. Tonight we'll get into the teachings on it. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.